Hey everybody, I'll make this quick. Uh, this is episode 100 of the Comedy on Vinyl podcast. Uh, I'm very proud of that fact. Uh, it's uh, It kind of snuck up on us. And uh, my buddy Matt Lieberman, uh, who you will recall from a, pre- a previous episode, um, he offered to interview me about an album that I released in 1999 called Shoestrings. Um, my best friend Dan and I put it together on our own. We talk all about that, but I uh, just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Dan doesn't get a whole lot of lip service because it's just more like what my perspective is on my own album. And I just, you know, also wanted to make it clear this was not my idea. I enjoyed it, though. I enjoyed it thoroughly. And then um, a good friend, Alex Salem, and friend of the show, and very nice man, James Rubaniak, both showed up. We talk about my album, talk about the podcast a little bit, and uh, there is a a clip at the end, as promised throughout it, uh, well, throughout it, at one point in it, of uh, Dan singing, uh, doing a karaoke song, basically, uh, for me uh, in one of the uh, many albums that uh, we made for one another uh, while I did not live in upstate New York. Um, so yeah, that's at the very end with his uh, I I find quite funny intro. And there are clips throughout this of my album. Um, I'm trying so hard not to apologize for it. Um, but yeah, enjoy it. And honestly, I mean, this is a kind of a, a good tie-in with my other podcast, Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour where my buddy Dan and I talk about our old sketches. Uh, we're still on 1993, uh, the most painful stuff we've ever done, whereas I think 1999, uh, you know, it's pretty polished, you know, for 19-year-olds. Um, so, yeah, check out that podcast, too. Um, we're at episode 15 or so. Um, and also, um, just one other thing, uh, this is the beginning of a very brief hiatus for the podcast. Got some uh, personal stuff uh, that uh, we're dealing with, and basically might as well take a little bit of a vacation on top of it. So there may or may not be an episode next week. Um, Same with Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour, if you are listeners. And (laughs) judging by the numbers, you're not. But, uh, yeah, check that out. Um, Enjoy this episode. It was a lot of fun. It was an honor to speak with these three guys, and, uh, you know, it was very nice of them to ask me to do this. Uh, And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Before I leave you, I I just should... uh throw a few quick thanks out there um uh honestly the biggest thanks goes to mike warden who is credited every week as our producer and he is our producer uh but he's the reason this podcast ever ended up happening uh the thing that i am speaking into right now that he has uh, essentially lent me for three three years uh just our little our little recording system uh it's this that's all him this this came from him uh mike warden is the reason this podcast continues to go and the reason it started and the reason it's gotten better um uh so big thanks to mike uh also thanks to my wonderful wife jen who's been very supportive and uh you know especially with dealing with people tramping in and out of our home for the past three years um many of them being strangers uh all welcome strangers mind you um and you know thanks to every guest who's come on you know we've had a lot of repeat guests uh mike preister jeremy guskin uh alex is becoming more of a you know a staple james urbaniak has really uh, supported us and you know uh it's it's an honor to do this show with these people uh a genuine honor because these are all people i respect and uh you know James is a hero of mine, so it's it's wonderful to be involved with him on this show. And uh, also thank you to people like Dan Schlissel and uh, Josh Mills, who put the word out in the vinyl community um, about the podcast and are very supportive of it. It's uh, it's it's a nice thing to know that your your work, even if it is just a series of you know fun little interviews, uh, you know, 
has a bit of a ripple in any way. Um, so I'm rambling, but again, these thanks are uh, thanks. That's what they are. Yeah. So enjoy the episode. Bye. Okay, that's not it. Uh, thanks to Dan Gomeller, my best friend. Uh, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be into vinyl comedy, probably, at least as much as I am. And uh, he's the reason I started listening to audio comedy. It's the thing we became best friends over, and that fact is the reason I started this podcast. I figured other people shared in that experience in some way. Not that everybody else was there when Dan and I became best friends, but you get my point. Anyway, Dan is my best friend. I love him to death. And uh, yeah, so thank you, Dan. excited sure you should be okay that's fine yeah why man. is it why do i always sound too loud i guess it's because of the only bass in my skull yeah because it's because you're that's the one who hearing. couldn't hear it mm-hmm. you're okay no you're great we're already recording oh perfect mm-hmm. we've been recording uh, this whole time yeah this whole time well folks i i, I want to welcome you to a very special episode the 100th episode of the comedy on vinyl podcast um your host jason Klom has graciously allowed me to emcee what I consider to be a, a landmark event. I, I've known you a while, and I've been listening to the show for a while, and, and uh, I was lucky enough to be on an episode, and I'm so glad that you let me share this with He's you. He's already proving what I said earlier, that they're going to be saying, no. we'd right. rather have Matt host a podcast. No, and I'm going to be saying it. No, whatever. Damn, say stop it. being so good. I'll, I'll, I'm just going to keep doing this. I could just... Because I'm I nervous. Could, all right. just it's all right, bro. It's, it's all right. Okay. It's, I, I, said, I said, bro, you already. Me bo. I you called me Bo. It's I did. Uh, and uh, here we also have some some guests with us, friends of the show. Uh, uh, Alex Salem is good to here. See, good to see you, Bo. Yeah. You, yeah, good to see you, Bo. And uh, and James Urbaniak is here. My Bo. Yeah. <laughs> B-O-B-A-U. <laughs> B-O. Special spelling. Like that. That's nice. Special Can there spelling. be an apostrophe at the end of that? Is that okay? Yes. Okay, thank you. Wouldn't that be bo Yeah, but you bo. say it, bo Yeah, you say yeah. it. Okay, oh, bo, so it's bo, bo, bo. It's like bro, but not bo like Sure. significant other. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. No, I like that. And certainly not bow-legged. Bro with an extra little bit of affection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so today on the show, <laughs> and the reason why, the reason why Jason is a, a guest on his own show. Uh, how does you know, it feel? How does it feel, first it's like driving of all? In, it's like riding in the backseat of your own car. Is it, re- yeah, is it relaxing or is it terrifying? Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, like when Carson would go on Letterman in the old days. Yeah. yeah. Right. There, and he would always call I attention to the weirdness Carson of it. I keep if I may be permitted a comparison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you are Johnny Carson, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm down to meet your David Letterman. All right. it, the, I, I don't know that it's warranted. And I'll be Tony Randall. Of course. Perfect. Of course you will. You go. And uh, Alex will be Jack Klugman. <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, so uh, the reason why why Jason is sitting in in the in the opposite chair today is that we are we are actually we're reviewing. Obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, your entire comedy on vinyl journey, all these of uh, the past ninety nine episodes, favorite episodes, favorite moments, terrifying moments. But you also want to talk about the album for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, is a comedy album that you created uh, with your comedy partner. Back when you were 19 years old. Yes. In, in 1999. <laughs> we're thrilled with revealing your age. We're going to put specific numbers on this. I'm pretty sure I've said it several times. Yeah. 
The album is entitled Shoestrings. Shoestrings. Yes. Now, the original title was Shoestrings, the demo, which does explain why it's not the... I'm not going to make any more excuses. I'm happy with it. Never mind. Yeah. Moving on. You should should be proud, considering... Mm Because, like, uh, from what you told me, Mm -hmm. you've always been a comedy fan. Yes. But you never really had had any any formal experience. Right. You know, writing, performing comedy. Mm -hmm. And there's... There's actually a lot of fun stuff in here. When 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 mm-hmm. we were talking about this, you were really nervous about the idea. Yes. And there's actually a lot of I, I thought a lot of enjoyable things in this album. Thank you. Especially considering that you were 19, you'd never done it before. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had been doing it. Not, okay. I had been doing comedy, just not in ever live because there were no venues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's every, it's when I say I had been doing it, it's the same shit every 13-year-old does. Like right. on my other podcast, we go we have started with the first sketch we ever recorded. And as thirteen-year-olds, and, you, what, and you, what was it? Was it kind of very Monty Python-y? Oh no, 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 horrible, just horrible? garbage. It's just my best friend and I pretending that we're shitty radio hosts, acknowledging that we're shitty radio hosts, and just insulting each other. I think. Okay. Yeah. So you just turn on the mic and go. Oh yeah, and it's like uh-huh. what, like, it's like a podcast. S- seven minutes long? How long is it? Some of them were. Yeah. Some of them were excessive. Every once in a while, there's one called Father O'Malley's 60-Second Sermon that was, by nature, a minute long. Right. But other than that, no, we just keep going. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what drove you guys? So, so tell me about who you were when you were 19, when you were coming up with this album, and, and about and about your, your friend and comedy partner. Like, what led what, what to... What was his name? Dan Go Miller. Dan Go... Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. Go Miller. Go Miller. Go Miller. Go Miller. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So what what brought you guys to that point? Like, had you just been kind of making sketches and digging around? Yeah. I think it was because we found out mp3.com was a thing, and mp3.com at the time was a thing where you could release your own albums. Sort yeah. Of. It's the first independent media releasing platform. 99 is somewhat really quite early yeah. in terms of internet content mm-hmm. and making and sharing internet content. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, remember, I remember mp3.com and going there and getting comedy songs um in like i don't remember i don't know if i was on as early as 99 but definitely 2000 and 2001 Mm -hmm. because i remember all of like the anti bin laden oh yeah all the anti bin laden comedy songs that like came out right around then Mm -hmm. you remember they did the banana boat boat song eventually (laughs) eventually anything that was odd like ours got flushed out by a lot of that stuff I know for a fact that I didn't really go online and start an email account until 1998. Really? So it had been. I think me too. Actually, I was kind of late. What was the delay? I mean, it, I was just I was raised in a household where it just kind of happened. Right. You know, I became aware of it in like '96. I had been using internet since. That's how old I am. I'm calling it internet. Uh, with my best friend Dan. Since like ninety four ish, because his dad had like he was hooked up to all the BBSs and shit. Oh. Uh, he's genie and stuff. Very different uh, environment oh, yeah. that I grew up. In. It was. It, you know, My parents was. still can't deal with email. Really? <laughs> yeah, in two thousand fourteen. <laughs> of course. Well. <laughs> My dad doesn't like it either, and he's much, you know, I, I don't know. He, uh, what was the question? <laughs> no, the question was, so you guys were... <laughs> the origins of this thing. Yeah, you were exploring uh, the internet yeah. and, and your friendship with each other. And we, the thing is, we'd always known we wanted to do a comedy album. I don't think there was any question about it. I think... Now, that's Why what, was it specifically an album? Well, yeah. Because Cheech and Chong was the thing that we were most addicted to as best friends. Uh, he had a shitty stepmother. And there was a point where she asked him not to be my best friend. And then once she left 
we became we were friends again. We'd already bonded over Weird Al, which was the first thing. Right. And then Cheech and Chong became the next thing. It was kind of naughty. We weren't stoners, never have been, but it was still this thing that we grasped onto, and it's still some of the best produced comedy so like that's what we listened to <clears throat> over and over again so that was our standard was like this has to be really well produced it so can't that, just be a bunch of people talking that was the single biggest influence the two of you at the time you went into making your album together yeah weird alan cheech and chong weird Al, cheech and that's chong. interesting because the album starts with a sketch called titanic uh-huh. which felt extremely python-esque uh-huh. yes oh yeah no don't get me wrong yeah. uh-huh. but then the third track is called The Lunch of the Three, which is a wacky take on The Three Musketeers, yes. which ostensibly also sounds like Python-esque, historical yep. that, yeah. travesty. But I must say, listening to it, I flashed on Cheech and Chong. Yeah, really. Just really? something about the, the energy and the performances and the general texture. Mm-hmm. They also did a historical comedy, the yeah. Cheech and Chong's The Corsican Brothers. But, uh, but I was thinking about uh, for some reason, Cheech and Chong just flashed on me, even though it's not a particularly Cheech and Chong type sketch. Mm. Just a thing about the offhanded energy of it that reminded me of of them, and the uh, and it shifted from Python to them. So that's okay. interesting. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, Monty Python was. There's a weird thing about Monty. I just realized that the gentleman came for the rent. Um, the, uh, the gentleman, I, on the door. A gentleman had come to the door. There was a guy like holding up his mustache with his fingers, which was really weird. <laughs> And was then it, your wife took it, it and put off. it in her hair. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> he he had just come back from a run. He had iPod earbuds mm-hmm. in his ears. It was very strange. He's very athletic. Mm-hmm. I, I think, but Monty Python, I was a late bloomer in terms of that. Yeah. But, it, uh, but I feel he, like there's I'll, no doubt that that was what I was trying had, to do. It had to have been right around that time. I love Literally every single accent in the... In, Entire is, first half of yeah. it, at least in the entire first yeah. half. When it's you me get, when thinking you get I can do great English, accents. great English, and then French in the Three Musketeers. Oh boy, that was painful. Yeah, by the by the commercial parodies, uh-huh. we returned to America, but we were yes. in Europe. Yep, we were in 1960s Cockney Europe. Yeah, mm-hmm. until then, mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Wait, so you were a late bloomer to Python, but it's clearly an influence. Like when when did that happen? Was it like right before? Uh, no, I think 16 is when I first saw Holy Grail. Mm-hmm. Didn't watch all of it, funny thing. Like, Holy Grail and Spinal Tap. I was <laughs> saw half of Holy Grail. Half of yeah. both of them, by the way. And we're, we're at this Unitarian church, and I was more excited about going upstairs and playing with the microphones and the PA system. So we watched <laughs> half of those. I'm like, these are cool. I'll check back in with these later. I find it funny that they were showing very counterculture kind of movies in this church. Because it was Unitarian. Unitarians yeah. don't give a fuck. Man. I like that. You were already ahead of like the, the impulse to, to watch Holy Grail and be influenced by it you were already like great i know exactly what's gonna happen by the end of this i'm gonna go mess with the pas right yeah. now yeah no and eventually i caught up and i was like oh no this is my favorite thing now and it just you know so then that was the energy that i put into everything and i did not care if it sounded exactly like a monty python sketch to me if i was going to make a successful sketch it might as well be exactly a monty python sketch pretty much you know that's what i was trying to do hello ma'am have you heard the word of the lord today uh, well no would you like to uh, May I come in? No! This copy of the Bible is a genuine King James edition, complete with original full-color photographs. But that's not all. This Bible features the popular choose-your-own-adventure element, giving you choices throughout the story. Uh, sir? Uh, for please instance, please here on page 3012, Jesus actually turns out to be a bowl of wonton soup. Sir? Yes? You're lying, aren't you? Nope. Says so right here. Wonton soup. Jesus is wonton. Show me. Nope. Jesus is a wanton. Nope, gotta show you nothing. Look, 
Would you like me to buy this Bible from you? It didn't make my day. Would you like me to poison you? It didn't make my day. Son, do you realize you're sitting on my record player? No. Well, you are. One time. Look, I'm going to take you to the vet. It's about time. Are you going to buy... No, son. No Bible today. Conscious Pilot becomes a haberdasher. Really? Where? Look, here, page 12. I don't see... I got her, boys. Good job, Agent Boyd. Good job. Well, the interesting thing, you know, you look at how the album is structured and how uh, a lot of the tracks are structured, you kind of bounce between these uh, kind of more historical pieces. (laughs) You have your commercial parodies, which I honestly think... Uh, for for the age and for the, what you were trying to accomplish are actually are actually pretty great and fun. Yeah. It's it's like when when you're constrained by a short runtime, mm-hmm. the game is a lot tighter, mm-hmm. and and I feel like the fun is more focused. Mm-hmm. Whereas like the more scenic the more scenic pieces tend to run and then they kind of just get very conversational. Maybe that's the Cheech and Chong influence. Maybe. Um, what do you guys think? I actually agree. I think that like the commercials actually have the most specific point of view mm-hmm. and are the most, yeah. and also for the most part, the performances are much simpler. Mm-hmm. It's just you sort of speaking in your American voice. Yeah. And uh, I actually found that more compelling as a performance overall. Okay. Because it was more you, and mm-hmm. it just seemed more specific than like doing a sort of Python-esque English accent. As charming as those are, sure, oh, sure. I, sure. not being sarcastic, no, I just no, no. sound sarcastic no. when I talk. <laughs> we we Funny all have that. to start with the with the Python imitation for yeah. Well, yeah. for well, God knows how. I mean, long. Well, I remembered I used to make cassette tapes in the seventies with mm-hmm. my friends, and I remember a total Python ripoff. Uh, or homage, oh, shall we say? Sure. Well, I feel like uh, that was an early sketch that we do, which is of running around outside with English accents. Mm-hmm. See, that's that's better. Yeah, I would, I just exactly blatantly, right. I just blatantly rip it off. Yeah. yeah, well, that's everything we would do. Do I need to sign? Okay. Um, you yeah. must pay the rent. Yeah, you need to pay your rent, Jason. You know what, guys? This is more important. If you don't pay your rent, how are we going to get to episode 200? This pays me no money is way more important <laughs> than paying rent with the money I make from that job. Sure. Um, that job. That job. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, I think it's this weird correlation where like I had finally learned to imitate something at least okay in mm-hmm. my mind. And I had the opportunity to actually record it, do something with it. Cause digital editing and shit was way easier than I didn't have to cut tape and I had a chance to release it. So I'm like, okay, fuck everything just comes together. I'm going to put it out there. And, and that's kind of always my nature. What were you using in 1999? 1999? It's pre garage band. Yeah, what are yeah. the tools? Gold wave. Gold something wave. called gold wave yep this and costs I money still use it on occasion you still really because i still have the old uh, hacks is it, it is it available it for works. for pc or pc and mac pc i don't know about mac uh but the i still have the old version from 1999 or 2000 that uh 1999 that we used to cut it because it was just simple although it was only two it was just left and right but it was very easy to copy paste and mix and stuff not like i actually cut audio in premiere now because it's easier for me but um yeah gold wow. wave. yeah it's hmm. very simple but it was a really good, and just like a crappy non-digital mic, really bad, worse mics than these, although sometimes we would use mics like these. Actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. It's yeah. not bad, right? It's like you, like that's the thing is it's, 
it's not it's not really that that rough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's obviously it's obviously homemade, but it's sure. it's for for the time and for what you were working with. I thought that the quality was excellent, and you were you had you know sound beds. Mm-hmm. You had you had you had effects. you had sound you you had music mixed in. I'm thinking of the uh, the Bible salesman one. You have I love the, the phonograph player, one. and you have the song playing underneath throughout to the point where it's, it it just it just fits so perfectly. It worked both as like a fun song choice and setting the scene. Mm-hmm. The Bible salesman is also probably one of my favorite performance moments, which is your your. Again, it's the thing where you're, it's just kind of your voice and your underplaying is very, very funny. Where you're saying these absurd things that Jesus uh, was a wonton. Yeah. Oh, it's right here. You say, you say Jesus was wonton. It's one of the dumbest jokes. No. It's the whole, it's the selling of it. It's your, it's the fact that you're playing it so straight, the mm-hmm. old cliche, but it's true. Yeah. You're playing that very straight and saying these crazy things, and so it's very funny. Yeah. And it just, it, it's very, it's kind of blissfully absurd. This yeah. guy just, this is his reality. And because of that, you know, we have, we have a lot of fun with it. And I feel like there's a message to be taken away from what we took away from this album, which is like, you, you know, you, you put out this podcast celebrating the world of comedy, mm-hmm. having 99 different interviews mm-hmm. about comedy albums. Mostly different. Right. But you are very funny. Well, thank you. You are very, you are funny, and you you, you you can you can put you were able to put out a solid performance with no training mm-hmm. at nineteen, mm-hmm. and I would I would be thrilled to see more material. Thank you. I do have a second album written. You know it's so funny though. Is we were gonna do a second one in two thousand two, and we were like for years thought that was gonna happen. And I think finally gave up in two thousand eight or something. So that's, that's where, hanging on a long time. What yeah, happened between ninety nine? That's like some Chinese democracy <laughs> shit. <right there. laughs> Some smile. What is what is the name of that album? The name of that one, which will not get made, uh, only because just it's 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 like treating it as a past thing is better. Um, Jenny is a salute. Jenny is a salute because Dan and I went on trips and we would record our trips uh, with with little audio things. I think no surprise. And at his hometown of Milford, New York, on a bench, some kids had written Jenny is a salute, and we felt really bad for Jenny. And we thought it was really funny. We're like, look, Jenny, these kids are stupid. They don't even know how to spell slut. So we thought we would dedicate the album to Jenny. No, she wasn't a slut. S-L-U-T-E. Not only is she a sloop, but she she worshipped satin. Yeah. Not a lot of people. It's true. True fact. It's my favorite kind of shit. And I just, I don't know. That's it. That's the name of the album. There was I don't think there was ever going to be a sketch. That that one. Um, <laughs> I love the right, secondary the drama of this rent pain that's going on it's in the so background. It's so metaphorically perfect. It is this. really beautiful. Hey, Jason, remember that album you made in 1999 and how you don't make money from entertainment now? Mm-hmm. Guess what? <laughs> you have to pay rent in the middle of your podcast. Your hundredth podcast. But that's how committed you are. Like in, in, in the face of, of, the, of, the, of the demons of Colin, uh-huh. you know, you say, no, I will fight back with exactly, podcasts. Exactly. Thank you. With flames. With podcast flames. Podcast podcast flames i just call it a podcast bo yes yeah i was um yes. i was curious oh, about the um mm-hmm. the the commercial parodies the three of them as a nice sort of runner to break up everything mm-hmm. and the point that they are uh, a lot more focused uh, mm-hmm. than the other ones primarily in terms of writing and you just referred to you've written the 2002 chinese democracy album mm-hmm. uh, but uh, so, so how, how much of it? I, I got the impression a lot of it might have been 
you know, let's turn on the mic and go. H- how mm-hmm. much would you would you you type out ahead of no, time, and what sort of revi- whole, what sort of revision? Album, pro- this whole album was written. What sort of revision process? You know, there was, was it? Was sort of was um, nineteen. <laughs> yeah. <No. laughs> What's your question? I'm sorry. No wait, it what? was written when? It had to have been written only a few months before we did it. I mean, I, I but I was building up sketches. Probably. No, I'm saying the oh. uh, Jenny is a salute. Oh, Jenny is a salute. Yeah. I mean, that's been written. Uh, this is really oh, what see. the episode's about. Um, paying bills. Yeah. The. Um, He's now paying through a 1999 app. Yep, I am. Yeah. Uh, no, the. Uh, He's, he's cradling a Mac Classic 2 <laughs> yes. on his thigh. It's called Silver Cash. Yep. <laughs> and See. it's going directly to the landlord's PC. Over a 58 baud modem. <laughs> is, that, is that paint? Yeah, it was paint. MS Paint? Thank you, guys. Um, no, but, uh, uh, really Jenny nice was asleep. Was, oh, okay. The writing was done in what period? Approximately. Uh, let's see. After we released it, we thought we were going to be awesome, and then we did a, a video that sort of went viral the next year, which is 2000. What so was that? It's called Tunak Tunak Tun. There was this Indian gentleman named Dollar Mendy who did, uh, it's actually pronounced Dalair Mendy, I've since found out, very famous Indian pop star, did a very comical to Western people uh, video because Western people were stupid and didn't know this is how all Indian people dance. We thought mm-hmm. it was hilarious. We decided to mock it. In a fun way, my best friend Dan dances to it. Same music and everything. I cut it 320 by 240 resolution, native resolution, by the way. Yeah. Uh, MPEG, cutting MPEG's native, so it doesn't really cut right. Uh, and it was like it shut down the server he had it on. So it was getting like 17,000 downloads a day. Wow. Yeah, in 2000. <laughs> that's in, uh, wow. that's insane. If, I don't know if you, I downloaded it. You can watch it now, but if, if you think... if. Early viral. Yes. Yeah. Anything you think about shoestrings, it might be good. This is about a million times dumber. Right. It is and one hundred times, one hundred thousand times more successful. And only has a place now on knowyourmeme.com. Really? Really? It's so you you've looked. Well, it's not on YouTube. I, I yeah, yeah. Least, you, you can we, remove we, the only from that. On That's significant. And had it pulled, but yeah. like it's on YouTube too now. That, and then you, but then you wrote this follow-up album not long after. Not that. long after that. I see. Yeah, because we want we thought we were gonna be able to re- release it on MP3.com, and then they were summarily bought out by somebody else and didn't do the same thing. Yeah, they were no longer about independent artists getting cheap CDs made for nothing. You know, so. Hmm. Yeah. New from the land of cheese braids, clogs, clocks, armies, chocolate, and knives, Switzerland brings you their newest innovation straight from their kitchen to yours. Swiss sponges. They're handy for cleaning up the worst of messes, and best of all, they're lightweight. Wow, I can barely even tell I'm holding a sponge. Using their patented putting-holes-in-things method most commonly used in their cheese, the Swiss have created a lighter, less mass-dependent sponge, perfect for everyday around-the-house jobs. So pick one up today, only four ninety-five. Swiss sponge, Swiss sponge, you can barely even tell you're holding a sponge. Now available in delicious lemon flavor. There are a, uh, a lot of quick turns in what feel like the sprawling ones in, in, in the accents in the in the the three musketeers lunch uh-huh and the uh, and the titanic bit um it goes it, it, often the character that you might the the clinton one the clinton one oh. yeah the, the what is the clinton lunch. one about Dumb. good question ultimately oh you know what that is that's yeah. only the joke that that uh he thought they missed former president. former resident yeah, yeah res- that's it that is it that's i thought let's expand on this and i didn't 
This was, this was the starting point, and you went from there. I went from there, but it didn't happen. Nothing happens. Now, I must say, I made some finger. notes, yes. and I wrote the ex-president, and my first note, just to remind me, was Southern guy. Yep. Because <laughs> it didn't even occur to me that that was based on Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> even yeah. though you recorded it in the 90s. Impeccable Clinton. But oh, boy. Well, first of all, it's... I would imagine deliberately, it's not a Clinton impression whatsoever. Right, it's just supposed to. Where your voice is placed, you're not doing Mm -mm. the back of the throat. You're you're doing something else like Mm. this. And I, I was kind of flashing more on maybe Lyndon Johnson, just archetypal (laughs) Southern guy. (laughs) It never occurred to me for a moment that it was referencing. To me, it was it was obvious immediately that you were doing Clinton. Uh huh. Just, uh, just poorly. Ju- well, yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. like you, you didn't even think you needed to say that it was Clinton because, because you it don't when it was. But considering we're sitting in your living room and I can see an album that says "Welcome uh-huh. to the LBJ Ranch," uh-huh. I, I can. I, I can imagine that for a specific the, episode the of the Johnson. Show. Don't worry about oh, really? the LBJ. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of LBJ related albums actually because there were a lot of them, and at some point I thought it'd be fun to have them all. I've stopped buying. But there's them. also a lightly homoerotic. Oh, joke yeah. in there, mm-hmm. as there is in the Three Musketeers one. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, not excessively. Uh, no, I don't think it's. No, it's I'd say it's. It's. There's nothing particularly homophobic okay, about good. it. It's just sort of a thing. You know, I've done a. I've worked with Super Ego a couple times, yes. and we're all progressive people. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when it's all men, you just yeah. fall into. I'm attracted to you yeah. because it's funny. The same way you would if it was men and women. That's sure. a yeah. big part of sketch comedy mm-hmm. is date sketches and it's things. It's tension. It's immediate. It's tension. tension. Right. So it just it sort of just pops out. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's So not, to speak. Okay, good. <laughs> you had to go there. I did. did. But you're the host, so you have privileges. I, I, I do. I have special privileges <laughs> that will be abused <laughs> over the course of the hour. <sighs> so, all right. Yes. So... I'm talking about the album. I want to know what was going on in 2002 that canceled Jenny is a Slew. Like, what was going on in your life? 9-11, obviously. Well, obviously the comedy I had ended. I, I yeah. didn't want to have to. After 9-11, nothing was the same. It wasn't Back clear. 9-11 changed Clinton everything. It, would, it wasn't clear there would be any more internet comedy. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I moved to Chicago. Napster had been shut down. A month after 9-11. And then I... Uh, by the way, I'm sorry to bring up 9/11. It's it's, it's okay. I, it happened. You guys, I got a, I got five solid minutes on 9/11. If you want, no, I but it is. You have a tight. You have a tight five on 9/11. I have There's, been waiting this many years. Can we get a sample? Uh, no, I wish that would of be your tight the five. Worst. That would be the worst. Just track Historically, that's yeah. where you're in that era. Yeah, yeah right. Just yeah, say absolutely. you're in that era. So, right. I, I, and I I don't know. I uh, that was when I moved to Chicago, and then. Chicago was film school, so it became all about. I think I'm going to become a filmmaker, right? And you know, right? You switched gears, exactly. So, but I still, I mean, at the time, I was learning web design, like I was becoming more proficient. So we were still keeping uh, a web presence up there, just in case something could happen. The dream was was alive. I mean, Tune Knock Tune Knock Tune was such a big hit <laughs> that ultimately, no, because like, here's the thing, right? Modern comedy uh, comedians or people who want to be comedians who are young. Mm-hmm. If they were to get a success of that size, they would think, okay, time to figure out the next one. Right. What else is going to oh, yeah. pop? Because now you have that sort oh, of yeah. centralized YouTube culture. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious what the success of Tunak Tunak Tune would have done to you if it was in a more kind of centralized forum. Right, because I guess, I suppose if, if you want to, I guess you could 
like try and extrapolate how many views that would equal now, but I don't. I mean, seventeen thousand a day uh-huh. is excessive. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Seventeen thousand, two thousand two downloads. Right. I thought you said seventeen hundred. No, seventeen thousand. Oh wow, thousand a day. It was like twelve to seventeen thousand a day in two thousand. That's insanity. That's a yeah. grumpy cat in two thousand fourteen dollars. Exactly, and it shut. Like I said, it shut down his server. Yeah. He couldn't use his <laughs> server. In, in, in two thousand fourteen, internet fourteen memes. Yeah. 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 So he had to switch servers and finally did that. So we could Just put for up inflation. Our, our sequels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which yeah. we did do a sequel video. But uh, You did? What was that called? Uh, it was another Dollar Mindy video, except it was slightly more themed. Okay. Yeah, but it, it, you it, put it, more production value into it. There was costumes. Yeah, it might have been 640 by 480. Or Cor- something cardboard something. elephant, perhaps. Sure. Yeah. No, but it made Dan look like he was floating. That was fun. Uh, but no, what stopped the album is that I just it just didn't happen we were making christmas albums for each other in the meantime my my dan made me in 2002 he made me uh what he he was going to send me one for fourth of july or for my birthday but then he couldn't do it so it's called the post fourth of july cd then the post fourth of july cd part two thanksgiving he sent me two whole full-length cds that he made for me i made one for him we were doing christmas albums for each other this was like there's like there's a there's an amassment of about 10 eight to ten of those so you're doing private audio exchanges just little Car, mm-hmm. audio things for each other. I was a miserable young man who was scared of the big city. You're coming from a, a village of 200, town of 1,200, going to Chicago for the first time. He's like, I'm going to make my best friend feel better. So that's how he did it. Made me full-length that's, CDs. That's very nice. Yeah. 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 So what kind then, of content were these Were these CDs? Was, was it funny or was he doing Christmas songs? And how songs was the production or? quality? It, was, it couldn't have been the Comparable. same. Comparable, because yeah. we're both... I mean, I'm the more experienced editor. Right, but uh, you know, comparable for the most part. It's just dumb shit. And then because we'd figured out how to do karaoke on his computer, it was a lot of in between <laughs> sketches. It was Dan just doing shitty karaoke, <laughs> intentionally shitty karaoke. That was it. Yeah. Do you still have it? Oh yeah, I still have all those. I would love it if you would intercut one of those terrible karaoke songs into this. I could do that. He would be fine with that. Okay, great. He wouldn't be embarrassed. All right. Um, um, but anyway, what stopped me is we just—I don't know—we just didn't end up doing. It's it probably just film school. Okay. You know, but I have those sketches. I found them the other day. I still have a bunch of them. We recorded probably half of them, but you know, they're too old to yeah do anything with. Your your style and and which I'm curious about having written out these these second album sketches, mm-hmm. um, like in the Three Musketeers and in the Clinton one. Southern guy. The, the Southern, Southern guy. Southern. Guy. The former to the listener. If it's the former funny. resident. Uh, it goes from one part of the premise that maybe. Um, the, the 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 premise will move along. Uh, your character will will be moved into the next situation, mm-hmm. and then it's all about misunderstanding humor from then on out. It's mm-hmm. the next character says one thing, you think they're saying another thing, and then it's a quick response and a quick response, and it's all very tightly put together. Thank you. It's it's uh, it doesn't feel uh, like it was uh, sprawling in. I'm like this right now. Um, uh, Take your how, time. how conscious was that? Like, was was that just where the the moment would go, or was it? I want to do this kind of like broad. I want to do this kind of broad, uh, absurd moves. I had no, there was no intent behind it. It was all honestly like I had a a a framework had been laid subconsciously already from watching enough Monty Python that I just had an idea and wrote a sketch off of it. That's it. And basically, I didn't edit much, and we would just just go from there like i knew this was funny to me and then we knew we could record it i don't remember much in the ter- in, in terms of editing i just it's just what i knew to be funny 
you know there... i had no no intent for this should be this kind of sketch this should be that kind of sketch I won't say mindless, but borderline. Were you were you recording longer takes with space in between and then editing that out, or were you just recording it like boom, 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 boom? You guys uh, live to tape uh, lines after the you other. You know what we did? Everything we did was one line at a time, so or one character at a time. So I would read my line. Hopefully, Dan was in the room with me, reading, reading back, bouncing back to me, and then we would just and then we just alternate and cut that way. Oh, so you were sure you had one mic? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Come out, your majesty. I am ill. I am ill. Do not shoot. I will go peacefully. But we meant to kill you, your majesty. Oh, really? Yes, sir. It's the only way we can prove our point to the public, that you are a tyrant. Maybe, my dear Lord Dumarchet, but it seems you have forgotten one thing. The law of the jig. That's right. No man may be arrested, taken by force, or killed as long as he is dancing in a playful fashion. And away I go. Damn you, your majesty. I'm outwitted again. I now go home to nestle my head sorrowfully in a basket of fruit. Yay! My king, we have won. The nobles now are powerless. Enjoy a celebratory dinner with us. Gladly. Ah, steak. Ooh, steak. Good, good, steak. Well, it also, that kind of explains why perhaps the performances feel more natural when it's you doing these solos mm-hmm. um, yeah, in yeah. the uh, in the commercials and in the in the Bible salesman, um, which I which I believe is solo. Uh, There's an old I could lady. be wrong. There's an old lady, but mm-hmm. still largely focused Mostly on on. Yeah. On you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like instead of kind of like waiting for spaces maybe that's why they're kind of they feel a little more rounded and a little more comfortable maybe i was i and that was one big thing is i just really wanted to tighten it up and i didn't like mm-hmm. any error sure you know there was no no consciousness towards character or anything i'm just like i don't want to breathe too much yeah you know i want to talk about the spreadable dolphin lunch spread meat stupid tuna safe Tuna safe, so dolphin, stupid. spreadable dolphin spread, lunch I couldn't spread. listen to the whole thing, by the way. You couldn't do uh-uh. it? Uh-uh. Oh, man. I was, I was the ho- that sketch or the, the whole, whole album? album. <laughs> I Did listened get- to one or two full sketches, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> and I'm not one of those assholes who says I can't watch myself perform right. or something. I'm just like, oh, God damn it. I may point out you had the same reaction to uh, Monty Python on the Holy Grail and Spinal Tap. <laughs> so that's not a reflection on... It's hardly a reflection on quality. <laughs> I'd say the law of Klom is if you watch his half, it's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Wow, a little self-aggrandizing, Mark. Yeah, wow. Way to way to put yourself up there on a pedestal, pal. I'm such a piece of shit. No, you're right. Uh, no, but uh, what? Sorry, what was the question? About we were the well, it was the dolphin. It's a yeah, comic dolphin. inversion yeah, where it's I, it's it's tuna blood. safe dolphin meat, and you're doing it in a very sort of calm, reasonable, underplayed way, and then near the end it becomes clear that you are a crazy person yes. and then some oh, sound suggests that someone has taken you away oh the, the my dolphins God. are evil mm-hmm. so many sketches following that in our other albums I think person is dragged out at least once per yes I'm per sure always well you love that trope it's very uh-huh. clear that it's it's done because you adore it uh-huh. yeah it's funny but I like that you take you take the commercial and then you <laughs> it's it's funny um, you take you take the commercial and then and then you you take it in a strange direction. You you kind of it's it's not just a heightening, it's twisting the whole concept on its head. It's not you know, good commercial bad product. Mm-hmm. It's 
crazy man trying to sell you spread of a dolphin. But essentially, every the whole album is just a series of crazy people. Yeah, right. Oh, but yeah. this is yeah. that's really the only sketch where someone else calls attention to the fact that the person is crazy in such an explicit way. Right, 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 right. right. Hold on, I think is that the album, is it the album no, cover? No, yes, that, yes, it yes, is. It is. No, that is. Uh, a Jennifer fake, is showing us an image on the phone. It's a fake movie poster because Shoestrings was just the name oh, of a fake movie we came up that. with first, oh, okay. and then we decided that was the name of the album. <laughs> I think it would be a very <laughs> solid album. It's cover, not bad, right? For ninety nine, that's actually very ninety nine. Thank you, Paint Shop Pro. By the I way, I still it. I still use Paint Shop. Yeah. It looks there. like it's supposed Green to be three D. Yeah, yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the moment right now. In three dimensions with a hyphen. Uh huh. Yeah. The 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 scope of the commercial parodies. We go from sponges that the Swiss have created that have the same principle of the Swiss cheese, meaning they've added more holes. So it doesn't that was even feel really like a sponge. Funny. There were that was like about forty there. seconds, and there were two punchlines about it doesn't feel like you're holding anything at all. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was just fast paced. The energy of the of the thing. That was the the premise based commercial. The mm-hmm. the second one though we go way off into left field uh-huh. with the um person being dragged off, the personal vendetta against dolphins, <laughs> they listen to Kenny G. This the way more specifics, like complete like left turn. Uh-huh. Kenny G references are evergreen, you should that is yeah, true. I that love is, Kenny G references. That is true. They still they're still used today and Kenny G is in on the joke now. Yeah. That's true. He's reached the self parody part of his career as everyone does. That's healthy. Yeah. It is, you know, you should never take yourself too seriously. I remember the uh, the special Millennium Auld Lang Syne album mm-hmm. that came out uh, with Kenny G playing, and then all the quotes over the basically ever since sound was invented, a recorded sound. Um, yeah, that's that's like sticking to me for some reason. My, my brother and I, when we were like our house was being renovated, so we were living in this like little kind of apartment, and we'd listen to that every night to go to sleep. For a while, I don't know why that it was. Was a very restful sleep. It was very restful. You go <laughs> go to bed to the sweet, we'll that to soulful sounds of Kenny G. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to kind of take things forward a little bit, and obviously, as as thoughts occur to us about the album, we can obviously go back. But I want to talk about. I, I want to talk about. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I said quite the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on, on the I'll contrary, wait. I'll wait. So, yeah. But uh, I want to talk I'll about comedy it. on vinyl mm-hmm. and kind of when you started when you started getting this this need to record and to mm-hmm. talk about albums and how sort of how those first shows came to be where were you when were you and and oh of the podcast yeah itself. of the podcast yeah let's see the first comedy albums i listened to while on tape uh, eventually made me listen to all the vinyl that my parents had which was like george carlin and this a lot of the smothers brothers mostly smothers brothers and then flash forward when i sort of knew podcasts were a thing and i like i honestly i realized that was something that i loved a lot didn't have enough of because i didn't have most of it out here and uh i don't know i did my my buddy mike whose recorder this is thank you mike i've had it for three years then said why don't we try and record that because i just i was like i looked it up nobody had a podcast called comedy on vinyl i knew it was the one thing i could talk about that i've never heard anybody talk about Mm mm-hmm it was like it's the one thing I know I can talk about with impunity. Yeah. That I know really, really well. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to be an expert in something. Sure. This is something I consider myself to be. And it's not as exciting as a vice presidency, which is the other thing that I'm kind of. You wanted to studied. be vice That's president. Your no. Still, still got a goal. He's a he's a historian of the yeah. vice presidency. An amateur, very amateur uh, historian. 
but it's not nearly as fun and interesting and people won't have opinions on it because if i'm the only guy who knows about this shit no one else is going to talk to you no one's going to so. talk to you about the vice president somebody's got a vice president cast i mean we have one but we've done two episodes <laughs> oh so you do have it is that the actual title no it's called the vice, vice presidents being vice presidents being number two in the white house yes brilliant, brilliant i love title. i love puns so oh, that's it's actually oh pretty God. beautiful painful to me. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just, I needed, uh, I needed, I wanted to do a podcast anyway. I had no comedic outlet other than trying to finish this movie that took me eight years to finish. So what, when, when was, when, what period are we talking about? When was this? Uh, it was right before we started doing it, 2011. So. 2011. Yeah, 2010 is, I think, when I first emailed Mike about it. Okay. Asked him what he thought of it. And he said, oh, that's a good idea. Let's do it. And he's like, hey, this is the thing Chris Hardwick uses. And I was like, who the fuck is Chris Hardwick at the time? <laughs> who the fuck is Chris Hardwick? Yeah. So, Billy Hardwick's son. Billy Hardwick's son. The bowler. The bowler. Oh, yeah. yeah. Billy Hardwick. Bowler Billy Hardwick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that guy. Struck down by a rogue pin. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. That's not what happened. No. Oh, is that actually the truth? Is yeah, he the son actually, of a bowler? Yeah. He's oh. the son of a bowler. Oh, I very recently. That. I thought that was away. a bit. You thought I was. <laughs> I thought you were doing it. I thought you were setting us all up for some fun riftum. No, it was. Well, I wouldn't but do that's that. actually just life. <laughs> Why would you do that? No, but I, I did, yeah. So this, yeah, okay. we just start recording it. But okay. the first three episodes, if you listen to them, I'm so sorry because it's literally us talking over an album. You're the like, you're listening running. to All right, it. You figured out the format later, which is <laughs> yeah. everyone listens beforehand. <laughs> right. And then, yes. yeah. yeah, but it was fun you doing that. To be fair, there's some really funny shit, but it's just like. It takes a while to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, April Richardson is a podcast which is very niche, mm-hmm. which is uh, people discussing episodes of Saved by the Bell. Oh, yeah. That's Go great. Bayside. It's a very charming podcast. Mm-hmm. I've been on it. And, when, and I did it a few months ago. And she said, oh, yeah, we used to watch, but it just didn't work. Yeah. And she she had to learn that herself as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I like that. I like painful, that niche. Because you watch it beforehand. Yeah. It's a very, spe- it, like this one, it's a very specific thing. That there's as many episodes as there are albums. Yeah. There's as many episodes as there are Saved by the Bell episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's funny you you've done so many different albums from a variety of different artists yeah you know what what is your favorite album that you've that you've that you've uh reviewed or that you've discussed like not like i want to know what your favorite album is that you've done a review of and Mm -hmm. what your favorite review of an album was if that makes sense those are two different things no they are two different things you're right um it's hard because some of my favorite episodes are not even album episodes. Oh, <laughs> so really? Ones where we, we just totally depart. Those, well, I've done like three of them prior to this, mm-hmm. and there's a great deal of jumping off into tangents and then getting For back sure. on to the sure, but I mean, thing. like, we did one that was dedicated to Phil Hartman because I love Phil Hartman and mm-hmm. I wanted to meet Vicki Lewis. Those we were, we, we were went there. To the oh, yeah. you were both Yeah, there. we were in so, the audience. And, you know, my excuse was, here's a Poco album he designed the cover of, so... I, I really liked it. That was actually my introduction to your show, <laughs> and I mm-hmm. thought, like, oh, okay, so all we need is any vague qualification to comedy and or vinyl, and, and we can... Right, his, his prior work is a album illustrator exactly so that that worked i my favorite okay so the favorite my favorite album that we've interviewed reviewed is possibly see the thing is like the the rarer stuff is more is sometimes more fun although sometimes it's really awful um hmm maybe maybe zero mustel reads the grinch who stole christmas hmm. wow because it's just shocking 
and amazing and it's a fun performance and it's one of those like that you might find in a bin and be curious about but it's definitely worth listening to I what mean, is so shocking about the piece him screaming <laughs> unmotive <laughs> no motivation was this screaming recorded prior to the no wait the special was the special based on a book it's based on a book right, right, yeah. right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so, so uh, special, uh but then this he, was like Eight years after the special. Oh, so this is after the special. So. That's what I'm I was asking. Pretty sure if it after. was between the special and the book. I'm or... almost certain it's after. Yeah, because I think this was in the 70s. That's odd. Yeah, it's very because odd. Because the special is so iconic. Uh, I don't know why that happened. Uh, it's... Well, when you I, get I zero Mustel, when you get him, you let him, you let him do zero Mustel and scream and for s- no reason, scream bloody murder. What, like now, I'm going over the story of how the Grinch stole Christmas and thinking what parts he, of it are going to yeah. move him to Maybe scream. Maybe the little girl he chooses to. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> he carved the roast beast. Exactly. I actually think <laughs> nice. that might not be far off. Nice. That might not be far off. <laughs> Uh, two sizes too small. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it was like that. Totally unmotivated. That's it was like awesome. it was like an early like beatnik art piece. Is how it feels to yeah. listen to. It makes wow. yes, you know, love that slam poetry. Yeah, that's how it feels. That's, that's um, what Doctor Seuss is, if anything, mm-hmm. slam poet. Tired of having to worry every time you open a can of tuna, whether or not that dolphin safe label is true. Well, worry no more, because now, from Planet Kissed, we introduce Dolphin Spreadable Lunch Meat. Guaranteed tuna safe. Now the hassle of worrying can be eliminated by diving right in and chowing down on one of the smartest, cutest creatures known to man. Sold in spring water oil or its own blood, so you know it's been freshly killed. Here at Planet Kissed, we want our customers to be satisfied and happy. That's why we'd like you to know that our Dolphin Spreadable Lunch Meat was made from evil dolphins, the kind that poison local water supplies with small red beady eyes that hypnotize you so they can bite you in half. It's evil! Evil, I tell you! One of these dolphins is even suspected of having shot President Kennedy. These are a rare breed of dolphin, and, and we suggest you don't try and look it up. Because it, it, it's so evil it won't show up in film, so it's never been in an encyclopedia. Don't forget it's evil! Listen to Kenny G! Well, you just, you, it's not, it's not, it's not evergreen. But green eggs and ham. I do not like them. Sam, Sam I, I am. am. Yes. Mm-hmm. Word, Whoville. Yeah. Not on a plane, not on a train. Not on a box, not with the fox. Side note, I can tell you another thing I did in 1999 was watch a kid do slam poetry and then literally slam a door and leave the room after he did really? his poetry. Really? Amazing. It was like, like in, in anger was... at his thing or that was his no, choice? No, that was that his, his thematic that was his <laughs> content. It was so fucking sad. I was just like, oh, can we fucking leave now, please? I just, oh, sorry, but that's it. What are some of no, the other um, deep cuts that maybe people oh. might have skipped that you on love? Because like, that seems to me that's not necessarily, if people are just tuning in for mm-hmm. guests or specific albums with yeah. artists that they've listen to what are some other ones that you think would be great listens that maybe some people missed out on i really do honestly love um phil proctor's first episode i say first because he's going to do it again oh great which james james was there for uh, it was all talking about he i mean he talked about bob and ray who were you know two big inspirations that's right that was the ostensible yeah. topic but we definitely got down a huge yes fireside rabbit hole and it was a lot of fun like oh you know what though but the, the speak like that's my favorite thing to do is to talk to these people like to legends and you try and get a hold of these legends and talk to them about their careers because at some point we are going to do every fire sign album 
30 to 45 minutes each. We're going to like do like four episodes in a day. We're going to do oh, wow. all 20 some albums that they've done. Um, wow. But that's like my favorite thing to do. And like Rusty Warren might have been my favorite because it was two parts. It was 90 minutes. I sat down with this lady who some people marginalize and disregard. But yeah, that's a really good one. All right. Listening to her life story. Yeah. This 80 some year old telling you how she lost her virginity with like not batting an eye. I haven't heard those. I guess I listened to part so two good. for a bit. Okay. And she's 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 pretty genuine. She's pretty oh, salty. Yeah. Like many uh, like a lot of cultural things through my life. I discovered her through Catherine O'Hara's SCTV parody. Oh, really? <laughs> Fuck, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did a she did a Rusty Warren I character. That. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, and she would tell dirty jokes and then laugh and go, ha, isn't that cute? Isn't that true? <laughs> and I forget the name That's of the character, right. but it was totally based on Rusty Warren. That's, That's so funny. Right. That's fucking perfect. Like corny sex jokes. And... <laughs> I don't know, though. Like, uh, you know, I mean, like the, the one that had the weirdest, rarest stuff on it was Jeff Abraham, who just showed me his 5,000 comedy records and oh my gosh yeah we went through these weird ones that he's like let's pick seven i've never listened to they're all shit for the most part but it was fun to listen to like just Mm -hmm. pull out of this guy's collection and be like play them it's fun what what was i think the other part of the question was was your favorite album that whether you've reviewed it or not and whether the episode was in you know you you care about that the favorite album god damn so hard because like class clown i'm like i'm so typical that class clown and let's get small are my two favorites and you know we cover them every once in a while actually i only did let's get small for the second time yesterday with brendan small and ah hello yeah he's and he was holy shit was that a lot of fun 90 minutes of him just talking about how much he loves steve martin and it was really good and talking about music and like theory and nerding out on comedy and and vinyl too but um yeah, it's hard. Like, those are two of my favorites. Although, no, you know what? Here's the one that sticks in my brain the most is uh, the Smothers Brothers Live at the Purple Onion, which I want to do again because that was, I think, one of the talky overy ones, one of the early ones, and I want to do it again because that is... You want to do it properly. Yes. That, that one's in my subconscious, and I mean that, like, sincerely because I remember taking a camping trip in high school, and I was miserable, thought I was going to die, and the one thing that I kept r- rolling over in my head was, like, an entire song of theirs, and I just... It's so comforting. To me. By the way, uh, that Brendan Small covered Let's Get Small is like the, so the joke. So it's like the joke at the end of uh, Waiting for Guffman where they're discussing... <laughs> I think it's that one where they're discussing... Oh, no, no, it's Spinal Tap where they're talking about uh, Michael McKean uh, is discussing uh, uh, a thing called Namesakes where... Uh, um, it's something like that, mm-hmm. where people who have the same name as famous authors uh-huh. uh, uh, write about them or something. You remember this? Uh-huh. I do. I do. Yeah. I so you're Brendan Small discussing Let's Get Small. I, the whole time I was just yeah, like, is he going to mention it? Is he gonna, is so it? you never mentioned it. You never no, brought it up. Oh, my God. You I'm at the man's the house. Never so I'm not going to bring it up. You never mentioned that. it. No. Is that going to be a secret regret that you have for the rest no, of the No, because it'll be all over the tweets. For Live at the Purple Onion, you should have Scott Purple. He's a great up-and-coming comic. Jim Onion is Steve another Jim guy. Onion. I really, for a second, I'm like, who's Scott Pro? Oh, yeah. yeah. Jim Onion has a Jim- great tight five on they 9-11. Have, well, they're, they're, yeah. He's they're very complex. A, a, He's got a lot of layers. Yeah. Oh, they're God. a morning zoo team. Purple uh-huh. and Onion. Purple and Onion. Purple yeah. and Onion, sure. Mm-hmm. And, mm. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think that would be a great name if you do, if you never revisit Jenny's I love that you never mentioned that Brendan Small was reviewing Let's Get Small. I wouldn't have. Like, hey, did you notice your last name is in this? <laughs> like, I mean, you what? Just, you just have to take a risk. 
take a risk and say the words, man. Oh, I think namesakes was a books on tape thing. So he's so he's like, we've got Denham Elliott reading T.S. Eliot. <laughs> oh, and then yeah. I've got Washington Irving read by someone named Dr. J. That was the punchline. <laughs> right. uh, Denham Elliott is always a good reference to draw, oh, by Denham the Elliott is a great reference. T.S. Eliot read by Denham Elliott, which sounds real. That it could does. be a thing. That's great. That's great. And then Dr. J reading Washington Irving is <laughs> closer. Really it's really funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, that was a nice simultaneous ah, oh, man, by the both of you. Yeah, I well, to, thank I you. I wanted to point it out. Thank you. It's okay. Is there, well, and, and maybe you don't want to say, mm-hmm. you know, um, is there an interview that, like, Uh-oh. you wish had happened, okay. but never, but just never materialized? Never I, yet. Whether you're, yeah, whether you're still trying to get it or uh-huh. you, you got turned down viciously? There, there have been no vicious turndowns. Mm-hmm. Some very disciplined, because they're always cold. Because you most of the time are going through agents. Uh, I lucked out that James is available online for the most part. Not to say that everybody should look up James Urbanek and ask him to be on their podcast, because he's he's a busy man. But I mean, you could he's just look him up on Twitter because he's got a great. You didn't Twitter. have to go through. But agents. I don't even remember how we met. We just kind of knew each other around or whatever. We did. You know what I. Out of nowhere, emailed you on Live Journal <laughs> through Live Journal once years oh, you did? ago. Talking about dated internet. References. It was really <laughs> it was some stupid email, and then later I was writing my internet. What book. What were our current moods at the time? Oh, Do you remember? <laughs> what songs were you listening to? <laughs> Pensive, I'm Fake sure. Anyway. Plastic trees. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, because I was writing my internet book, you agreed to write a, to internet. That's right. Internet we had little associations and things. Yeah. Um, and let's see. I mean, Chris Hardwick, but that's because I've been trying for years to make that happen, mm-hmm. and I've met the dude, and I know him a little bit, and I sold a t-shirt designed to him. It's one of those things where it's like, it will happen eventually, probably. But he's the busiest man in town. He's the busiest man in town. But you know yeah. what, man? Give me a fucking minute. What about, uh, have you <laughs> approached Mel Brooks? Because he's yes. cutting a swath through the podcast I now. have. He's all about podcasts. I have, mm-hmm. and I'm not getting any responses from agent or assistant. Did you like his right. WTF episode? Have Did Cliff Nesteroff set you up. He knows I have guys. not. L- oh, good call. Because yeah. he's going to do the All show. Right. Actually, Cliff is going to do the show. So, good point. Um, his WTF sorry, episode. Sorry, I didn't listen to it. I haven't heard it. Okay. I don't listen to Mark Maron as often maybe as I should. I have cats of my own. That's fair. And <laughs> I, I can be better. He has the cat ranch you of Ford Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ford Awesome's a way better name. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a way better name. It's less self-deprecating. My show, it's maybe a little you know, my sitcom. Like, there's, only, there's only so many like neighborhoods in the eastern. Oh yeah, part wait, of Los no. Angeles what is what is you your IFC sitcom? My sitcom that's based off of Louis, that's based off of Louis is going to be about. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, uh, Mel Brooks obviously he's my he is he's my comedy god. Yeah. So beyond the Pythons, uh, he, he still he was he would be the ideal one to have. On Did the you do Two Thousand Year Old Man in the Year Two Thousand yet? We no, actually we haven't done that one. That was that was the first comedy album I ever owned. Really? You haven't done Two Thousand Year Old Man yet. We have, but we haven't done. They did one in in the year two thousand. Literally. Oh, and, I and, see. I I, I didn't it's, get it. I would say inferior comparatively, but it's still not a bad album. Right. It's it, 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 it's okay. But no, we did, uh, Scott Ackerman did, uh, which one did he do? No, Scott Ackerman did Live at Con. Okay. And then uh, Jack Dolgen, music producer, musician, he did 2,000-Year-Old Man. And that was a good episode, too. That was fun. We talk about Mel Brooks all the time. We've done Young Frankenstein. I talked with Andrew Bergman, who wrote Blazing Saddles on the phone about Blazing Saddles. But Mel Brooks is... That's the white would be whale. The dream. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I could quit mm-hmm. if I got him. I wouldn't quit, 
Him and Weird Al. Weird Al, honestly. Like, Weird yeah. Al, who I've also met several times and is a very nice man. Indeed. But, you know, through through agents, mm-hmm. I get turned down. Fair enough. Through a handshake, it might be yeah, different. But you keep, but no, you no, keep you just going. ask Weird Al to do it when That's you see him somewhere. What I need to He's do. very accessible. Yeah. You, you've been incredibly persistent throughout this whole process, and it, there's I, a lot to That's how I got mind. you. Yeah, yeah. You I'm not an easy get. No. You know, I... Uh, You're busy. You got drive to Burbank, I mean... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Captain! Rat of the Red Flare, sir! What? How in all hell? The sword, sir. They were shooting seagulls with them. Damn it! What can we do? All we've got is the white flares, sir. Then we'll have to shoot off the white ones, man! But, sir, we can't! Why's that? Those are the everything's okay over here flares. Damn it! We'll have to try. Meanwhile, aboard a strangely undetected nearby ship. Captain, flares ahead! Where? In the sky, sir! Ah, there they are! Oh, no need to worry, yeoman. They're the everything's okay over here flares. And a good thing, too. It's about time to settle in. Tell O'Leary and Havlick to bring us back the boats what we loaded with food, supplies, and warm, dry clothing. Seeing as everything's alright over there, I believe we should head back to shore. O'Leary and Havlick, get everything together! It's time for a party! Meanwhile, back on the Titanic. That is to say, another part of the Titanic. The flares aren't working, boys! Oh, they're working fine, sir. Fine? Oh, yes, sir, we've hit three already. Can I ask a little bit more about the album? Yeah, let's, just, uh, let's I, go back to the album. I, I love the... Um, the, the like little bits of logic just enough grounding logic to actually uh, make the rest of the absurdity uh, just sort of all that more entertaining uh, and the three musketeers bit ah but uh, you've forgotten the law of the jig one cannot be arrested or taken by force so long as one remains dancing in a playful fashion I've forgotten about that <laughs> the implications of keeping that up that is stupid oh and then God. the ex-president sketch which is the next track also has like a dancing thing at the end yeah. memories oh here. yeah you're right yeah this is the thing with you Fall why do you find dancing so funny because I can't do it probably that could be it the the, also, the lunch of the three, which is the official title of the Three Musketeers mm-hmm. sketch, also has possibly my favorite line on the album, which is, "I will now go home to nuzzle my head sorrowfully in a basket of fruit." <laughs> yes, that is that is maybe the best line. Which is also thing. delivered in a kind of uninflected American accent. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I forgot about that line too. See, I didn't listen to it all the way through. Yeah. Uh, it's intelligent and it's funny. It's like it's so. it's like that's where. To me, specific. that line is the most Python-esque of the whole thing because it's, 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 intel- it's intelligent and blissfully silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the, in the same in the same vein is the only well not the only but the major callback I take away from it, which you do not call back a third time, mm-hmm. but a second time in the former residence in the the, the southern guy sketch uh, from back Clinton, from the Clinton, uh, come on you're right back back from the Titanic sketch. You say, oh thank you sir, I've been up all night. Should the captain need me, I'll be in my quarters. Yeah, I think that was a sailor in there, just a quick little thing, uh-huh. which fit on its own, but you. Then chose to call out that it was the sailor guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a little ham-handed here and there, a little bit, maybe. You know, the Titanic one's applicable. still my favorite sketch, though. And I is I, it? Yeah. Why? Why uh, is it your because favorite? the everything's okay over here flares is still very funny to me, and I mm-hmm. can't stop laughing every time I hear it. In that one, you that's you, always funny to me. 
you keep the the basic premise of oh it's about the flares it's about the titanic you keep that up the longest throughout the rest of it versus the other ones yeah might go way further off sure the sure sure field. sure that is the actual song that's the cat is sniffing the, the board the tension of whether or not your cat is about <laughs> to step on the board is perhaps the most exciting thing i've witnessed all day i don't know the the asking for the rent was was pretty that high was up pretty there great. that was pretty good um there, there she goes. Yeah, thank goodness. Uh, what was the question? The cat was very distracted. Yeah, there was, there wasn't one. There was I mean, no you know, good. why is it your favorite sketch? So it's, it's the flares. You love that joke. Yeah. I remember it the most too, and I don't know why. I just remember it the most. I, I spent a lot of time putting it together. Okay. Uh, that is the actual song they played when the Titanic sunk. Uh, the sound of the Titanic creaking was an old, old office chair slowed down about like fifteen to fifteen percent. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, that's my favorite fucking. Thing. Oh, I forgot to mention though, every other sound effect is uh, made by. It's Foley. Twisting celery. Uh, I was made by twisting yeah. celery. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to make that joke. But uh, yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of. There, I mean, there's no like we didn't pull any sounds from anywhere. And that was my favorite thing about this was making the sounds. Sure. Was foleying the shit. Jen, what is that image on the on the phone? Oh, that's this little picture I drew for Titanic. Oh my years, gosh! Years ago. That's oh, a wow. picture of myself on the bow, because I was a very hairy young gentleman at the time. <laughs> Large you're, beard, you're hair down to my Titanic. ass. Mm-hmm. I uh, I have a. It's sh- very well drawn, I well, think. It's a fun. It's a fun cartooning Isn't exercise. Isn't it adorable? And he's got the the flares going. Mm-hmm. Seagulls being hit. Dan and Jay's comedy hour. That's right. Presents Titanic. Mm-hmm. That is that. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, as somebody who's now produced a hundred episodes of a podcast, mm-hmm. and you've been doing it now for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, five what, years and two years. Five five years and two years. Yeah, in two more years, it'll have been five. Years. That's true. Uh, well, that that gets me to to another question, but I'll get to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. But just, um, I guess, what keeps you? going what keeps you motivated as you said you you know you don't make any money from it it's just right. something that you do out of passion mm-hmm. what keeps you what keeps you going uh the hope that i'm going to either get one of my heroes one another of my heroes i've had plenty of my heroes on the show um on the show and get to speak to them and actually bend their ear a bit about whatever the fuck mm-hmm. or that i'm you know that it that it's that that I get to reach a wider audience and this actually does benefit people, mm-hmm. and I, I legitimately want it to. And I, I don't care if people listen to comedy on actual vinyl or not, although it's more fun for me and it's very cheap to get. So if you want to start a comedy collection, buying it on vinyl is not a bad way to do it. If you can go to a fifty cent bin, which I can still do and still do, that's you know and my collection's not huge. It's only it's like two hundred records, and but those two hundred records are all chosen because they're things i want to discover and i i like having a thing where people can learn about why this shit is interesting to other people Mm. you know Mm -hmm. it's mildly educational i like that that's it educational informative Mm -hmm. i also want you to realize since you mentioned that it will be five years and two years Mm -hmm. that (laughs) this year is actually the 15th anniversary of shoestrings yes it is um, we realized that recently. We're trying. We're trying to think of a way to re-release it online, but there are several tracks in there that we do not have the rights to. So selling it really was kind of maybe not the best idea in the first place. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have the right to the what? Mitch Miller song to the oh, ti- whatever the Titanic song was. Yeah, I see. you know, I, you know, we could say it's. Parody. But this is at least half of them. Yeah, no, you have to own everything. Parody, fair use. Sure, sure. I'll say that it's, it's an entire track, but that's I slow it down in the middle. So there you go. So now it's yours. Yeah, I think that's how it goes. Yeah. Right? 
That's that's how the DJs do it. Mm-hmm. You you actually do cover a wide expanse of cultural references. You go from the Titanic to the Three Musketeers to Clinton to Lizzie Borden. Right. Sponges. Were you influenced? By, were, did, did you seek out a lot of cult, like different cultural references to make? Or were you just... No. That's just what... I love the Three Musketeers. It's one of my favorite things ever. I used to be obsessed with the Titanic when I was a little kid. Uh, and sponges, sponges is something that happened when you were a teenager. Yeah, you can exactly. tell that like you are versed in the Three Musketeers, and that interests you. Yeah, I hope. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Southern presidents or Southern gentlemen are interesting. We can all, we can all relate to Southern presidents, you I know. Think so I think so. They're the exciting presidents. The carpetbagger presidents are. Eh, I can take them talk, or leave them. Talk about that on vice presidents. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll wait. I'll wait for. God, that. I want to listen to vice presidents so badly. I, I don't know if it's good. Go ahead and listen to it. I don't know. It's, it's why it's been a while. I can't wait. <laughs> it's, I, it's my best, one of my best friends and I, who was my best man at my wedding, just talking about it. He and I are the, the two who've been studying it for so mm-hmm. long, and it's kind of a lot of banter that may not make sense if you don't care. I bet you can get to Mondale like, boom. <laughs> yeah. He's got no funny people. Funny story about He's that. Just around. Yeah. There's Let's a very it. funny story about that that may be for an entire other podcast. <sighs> the Mondale how I, how story. I got fucked over by Walter Mondale. Oh, that's, that's the title. That's, uh, the, yeah. that's a great title for an album. And how my friend Matt has, since through use of press, basically guaranteed we'll never interview him. So it's a good it's lord, a affable wow. Walter Mondo. You would think so, right? It's a, he's an old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm not going to judge him. Right, Matt okay. does. My other Matt, my friend Matt. Oh, got it, got it. You. Uh, you, you're not judging. Lieberman Mondale. judges. Yeah. I don't. Well. I don't outwardly judge Walter Mondale. I, 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 I don't know enough about him. Uh, woefully, to, uh, I must say. I judge Quail. That's who I judge. Well, of course. Everybody judges. Everybody quail. judges so Quail. Just, just think about it for yeah. a second. Um, I, I guess what I what I want to know at the end of the day, mm-hmm. looking Which over is. your body of work, mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel about it, and what do you what do you want people to to get out of geeking out with you over vinyl over comedy? I just want people to to be more interested in it because the thing is, I know the people who are already interested in it are already interested in it, and that's great. So that's fine. If you want to hear something like a, a, a if you want to feel like you're rummaging through a record bin because that's a thing you like to do, I think we're already meeting that, and that's fine. But for people who like myself at 16 left in the middle of Monty Python and the Holy Fucking Grail, I want people to realize that there's some shit that you need to sit down and listen to and make an effort to listen to. Because, I, I mean, I, I, I talk, I get some people who I want on the podcast and then are like, they're stand-ups, successful, good stand-ups, who say, I never listen to comedy albums. And I'm blown away by that. I, I'm not going to be disappointed, but I'm like... I, what if you had listened to a bunch of comedy albums? I wonder what your taste would be like. Wonder who you would be as a comedian. And I don't know. I feel like it's there's you know I'm learning too as I do it. But that, that's just it. Is I want people to just discover. New I, I've definitely experienced that. I, I've I've listened to you know only so many episodes, but we did one with Paul Zaloom, mm-hmm. and I was very excited because I love Paul Zaloom and I love Beekman's He's world. Beekman, and we, we, we had a bunch to talk about about that. Mm-hmm. But he wanted to talk about Lord Buckley's <laughs> The Bad Rapping of the Marquis de Sade. Yes. And I listened to it once beforehand, and it was very interesting. I heard like a video and, and Lord Buckley's style and had some questions and wanted to hear him talk about it mostly. But ever since then, I've never gotten it out of my mind. And I a couple months later picked up a Lord Buckley CD that Frank Zappa produced. Nice. And that CD That's is good. still in my car. I was listening to it even just yesterday randomly i still listen to it all and it's had a huge impact since then yeah so i I, i'm happy that we got to do that see that's what i want exactly that you know 
and honestly, at some point, I'd like I'd like to in some way be involved in like archiving shit that nobody cares about, re-releasing shit that people are not aware of. And you know, while I have a couple, I have relationships with, with one record company. You know, it's the podcast has to get bigger in order for that to happen. You know, and then you know the other next thing is make another comedy album. Sure. Which is written and ready to go, but just needs to be recorded. Jenny is a salute? No, this one will be different. Jenny's a friend of mine? Jenny is a salute. It's, we'll, we'll put that one to bed. Purple and onion? Purple and onion. Yes, purple and onion. Purple and onion. Those gentlemen, we're going to do a morning zoo album starring those two. Wonderful. It's going to be good. I think, I think, unless there's any other pressing questions, I think that's actually, that's a solid note to wrap up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to thank you, Jason, not only for thank you, your body of work, but thank for letting you. us sit in here and, uh, and, you know, talk about this with you and sharing your album with us. Sure. It was fun. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry you had to listen to it. No, Genuinely I could sorry. not. We, we are not. We could not be more thrilled. Okay. Wow. It was charming. Thank I, you. See, I listened to it twice. You did? Yes. Wow. Yeah. God. Yeah. Four more times than I listened to. Um, <laughs> and thank you for this podcast. I've always greatly enjoyed being on it. Well, and I look forward to doing more and hearing more. I yeah, hope there so. There you go. Thank you very much, yeah. Jason. Of course. Thank yeah. you. And do you want to tag it? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, Alex, where can where can people oh, yes. find you or see Promote you? I, I didn't introduce anyone really oh, no, at the not top. At all. Alex uh, Salem. Thanks for sticking around. You can find me on Twitter at the Alex Salem and at the Rockwell Table and Stage in Los Feliz on July nineteenth for a drinking game, The Big Lebowski, which I will, which, also which Jason will yeah. also be in. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. And uh, and James. Uh, at James Urbaniak and I have a little podcast called Getting On with James Urbaniak on feralaudio.com which are little radio plays I love that show it's like a monthly thing and uh, I'm recording the next season of the Venture Brothers and looking for work God damn wonderful I'm so behind on that show what so so I'll lend you my Blu-rays dude yeah, yeah. I'll look at my boobs. I don't have cable. Yeah. Um. When is when is this episode dropping? Do you Tomorrow. Know? Tomorrow. Okay. Hello. Well then, uh, Hello. you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. Uh, oh, after tomorrow you're leaving Twitter. No, it's it's uh, <laughs> on on uh, this coming Saturday, July fifth. If anyone's in the Los Angeles area, um, I am performing at the Kirk Douglas Theater with my uh, sketch team DJ Fawcett. Uh, it's a best of show, one night only. We're really excited about it. Um, so if you, you're interested in that, please come. It's at 8 p.m. at the Kirk Douglas Theater in Culver City. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Matt Lieberman. You can find my videos for SourceFed and SourceFed Nerd on YouTube. And you can find me on AfterBuzz TV recapping television shows all the time. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so thank you all for downloading and listening. And I hope you check out those uh, deep cuts that we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, please keep listening to the podcast. Tell your friends. Thank and you so much. As always. Have a good thing. Have a good thing. Good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yay. Comedy on Vinyl is a production of Stolen Dress Entertainment. It is produced by Mike Warden and is hosted and edited by Jason Klom. Our theme song was composed and performed by Richard Levinson. Please visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, read our blogs, read our tweets, watch our videos, and read our books. Please subscribe on iTunes, and if you like us, give us a five-star rating and a nice review. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Comedy on Vinyl, Twitter at Comedy on Vinyl, and find everything else at ComedyOnVinyl.com.
During his career, Daniel Gomeler was a well-known philanthropist, often spending money and time for various causes. It was even noted that once, he gave money to a cat simply because it died. No one ever said he was smart, just nice. Some causes he supported were the National Blinking Association, rusty wheelchairs for the poor, and he even sponsored Give Me to the Vegetarians Day. But his most well-known appearance was at Kool-Aid, the benefit concert to help starving Elvis and Fonzie impersonators, where he performed the following song.
I'm Jason Klom. Each week, my best friend Dan Gomiller and I relive the comedy of our youths on Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour, the podcast. You'll hear comedy and improv gems going back as far as 1993, making it the most easily avoidable and embarrassing thing we could put ourselves through each week. But mostly, listen as two best friends catch up for an hour each week, one from Boise and one from Burbank, the cultural hubs of the world. So find Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour, the podcast, at iTunes or at StolenDress.com's podcast section. For more, go to djchpodcast.stolendress.com. Don't do that. Just go to StolenDress.com. Stolen Dress.